Welcome to Compass and Clock. I'm your host, Mary Copeland. This infotainment podcast explores how to live your best life now and well into retirement. We'll discuss topics in financial planning, housing, and insurance. We'll talk wellness, relationships, and leisure activities. A full active life requires planning for your goals and preparing, preparing, yes, preparing for the unexpected. I'll introduce you to a variety of guests from knowledgeable experts to folks sharing stories of their life experiences and so much more because life is big. All is intended to help guide you in planning for what you need now and at any age. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Today, my guest is Laura Moynihan. Laura is a state certified teacher, professional Mac slash Apple user for over 25 years, and a full-time tech coach since 2015. She specializes in helping people of all abilities become more efficient with the technology they use every day. Hello, Laura, thanks for joining me today. Hello, Mary, thank you for having me. This is going to be so much fun because today Laura and I are gonna have fun with all of you. We are going to have a quiz show on scams to help educate you and provide you with the tools so you don't get scammed. So why don't we start, um, do the share screen so we can jump right into this quiz. This is going to be a blast. And okay. informational too. Sounds good. And while I'm screen sharing, I should say the reason why I developed this quiz is because so many of our clients are getting scammed these days. Scams are definitely on the rise. Um, you probably know people who've been scammed. Maybe you've even been scammed yourself. And the scams come from all different sides and angles. They can come to you through social media. They can come to you through the internet, your browser, through email, or even through your text messages or just by people calling you. So we wanted to hit all of those areas uh, me and my tech tutors who work at Digital Helpmates developed this together, and uh, we wanted to help people from getting scammed while also having fun with it. So that's what this is all about. Okay, you ready to start, Mary? You're going to be my subject. Okay, I'm ready to take the quiz. All right, let's see how well you do. Okay, first question. What but is an example? Before we start, Laura, what yes. are we um, focusing on in, on these questions? Oh, yes. Thank you. So the first three questions are going to be on social media and messenger. The next three are going to be on internet and email scams. The next three after that are going to be text and phone scams. And then we'll have a bonus round of one on each topic. Okay. So, so this is social media and messenger scams. Okay. <clears throat> thank you. Okay. So on social media, on Facebook, what is an example of a mining scam? A mining scam. Would that be when a post asks what your favorite color, old landline number, elementary school, or first car is? Is it when a person wants you to go invest in cryptocurrency? Is it when you think you're mining for silver and it's really copper? Or is it when Zoolander thinks the mining tunnel is a runway? <laughs> yes, we wanted to entertain you with at least one of yes. those answers here. Um I'm going to go with the first one because the way that you ask it there, it sounds like they're digging, they're mining for information. Very good. That is the correct answer. When you see a post on social media, sometimes these come through from, I don't know, all sorts of random pages out there. You think it's all in good fun. Yeah. Anybody remember your childhood phone number? Don't answer it. They can then maybe know what's in your password because oftentimes we choose those things in our passwords. And once they get a portion of our passwords, the rest of it becomes super easy to hack. 
Okay, next social media question. What should you do when someone messages you to verify your Instagram account? Should you make sure that your account information is all filled in? Should you confirm the person's account before agreeing? Instagram account, I'm still trying to figure out Facebook. Or should you block and report the suspicious account? Um, for me personally, I would probably go to number four, block and report the suspicious account. And why, why would you choose that one? Um, I'm just leery and I'm not very fluent on Instagram. So um, safe, better be safe than sorry. I think that is a great uh, thing to do overall. Don't, when in doubt, do nothing. But in this case, if somebody's asking you to verify your Instagram account over your messages, over Messenger or direct messaging you, that's not the way that an Instagram account gets verified. That is a scam. They're trying to get into your Instagram account, pretend that they're you, message all your friends, get their money and info. So don't do it. That's not the way that that is done. Okay. Third uh, question on social media and Messenger. When a friend tells you about a free grant through Facebook Messenger, that's like the direct messages way, kind of like texting through Facebook, do you ask for more information about the grant? Do you trust your friend? No questions asked. Do you confirm it's your friend via a text and or call and then block and report the fake account? Or do you show me the money? Um, I would go with number three, confirm it's your friend via text or call, then block and report fake account. Yeah, most, most times a friend isn't going to be telling you about a grant through Messenger. This is a very common scam that came up, especially during COVID when grants were really big. Um, who knows? Maybe I've had people tell me about grants over email. Could be legitimate, but definitely confirm through a different source that it's legitimate or not, and then block the fake account. Most likely somebody broke into their Facebook account or cloned it, and that's how they got your info. Okay, moving on to internet and email scams. These are, these are the ones that I wrote. Which of these is not a signifier of an email scam? Not necessarily a signifier. In other words, the rest of them are. So number one, the sent from email does not match the company name. Mm -hmm. There is just one typo in the email. They ask you to fill out a survey. Easy money, baby. Love those surveys. Or they provide links or buttons to click on. Which one of these is not necessarily a signifier of an email scam? I'm going to go with number four. They provide links or buttons to click on because I provide links and emails that I send and I'm not scamming anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Digital Helpmates does that too. So legitimate companies do that. They will provide you sometimes with links or buttons to make things easy for you, as will scammers. Uh, but the rest of these are... Uh, definitely red flags, especially that number one, the sent from email. That is the first thing I check whenever I get an email that is like, wait a minute, did I order that laptop? Is my PayPal account about to be shut down? You know, the first thing you do is look at that email. Sometimes you have to click on the name to see exactly where it's coming from. And if it doesn't say paypal.com in there somewhere, that's definitely not a legit email. Okay, next question on email and internet scams. Which of these is an example of malware? A notification on Chrome featuring some lovely ladies of the internets. 
your computer tells you it's sick and where to call for help, a calendar appointment from a lovely lady that you didn't schedule, or all of the above are malware. You know, several of these sound like they are, so I'm going to pick number four that it's going to be all of the above because I can't decide which one it would have been then. You are absolutely right. These are all the different creative ways that scammers use malware. Uh, in other words, just a little, you know, uh, snippet of code on the internet uh, that gets on your computer to convince you to do something. Um, the calendar appointment one, that one, I actually, my, my, son got that on his iPad. He was like, mom, what are all these appointments? And I was like, oh no. Ooh. So um, yep, sure enough, those are all different ways that scammers can try to get you to visit their websites, call them, give you money, whatever. Um, I, I have to point out, especially the when your computer tells you it's sick and where to call for help. That has happened to two clients of mine in the past month. If your computer suddenly makes a huge loud noise or yells at you and says, you know, your computer's locked down, call this number, whatever. That is not legitimate. Apple and Microsoft do not have legions of people out there that know when your computer has a virus. Um, that is actually a, a scammer trying to probably put a virus on your computer. So shut down your computer, ignore it, come back to your computer later. That's the best thing to do. Okay, third question on internet and email scams. True or false? Legitimate tech support will never call you. So is the answer, it's true. They do never call me slackers. Or true, they only accept incoming calls. Is it false, they call me all the time. Or is it false, if you initiate the appointment, expect a call, but only then. You know, I'm torn between number two and four. True, they only accept incoming calls or false. If you initiate the appointment, expect a call, but only then. Um, I'm going to go with false, number four. You're correct. Uh, that one was a tricky one. A lot of people, you know, they do think that they only accept incoming calls. And I would say, you know, probably that's a safe assumption. If tech support is calling you and you're surprised by it, don't just hang up and, you know, call back yourself. Um, but usually that is a scam. Now, the only time that it's not is when, you know, Apple and uh, some other tech support places, help desk, they have nice handy calendars where you can book a call for people to call you in a time that's convenient for you. That is absolutely legitimate, but it's only when you initiate it that it actually happens. I mean, it happens for real. It happens all the time with scammers, but the only time it's real is in that scenario. Okay, good okay, now we're going to move on to text and phone scams. This is a big topic lately. In fact, I, I want to say almost most of the scams that I see lately are over the phone uh, or through text. So when someone calls from your bank and asks you for assistance in transferring funds, do you follow their instructions using Zelle to transfer? Do you verify that the caller has your social security number? Do you ask about the weather in India? Or do you hang up and verify with your trusted banker? Hands down, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to verify with my banker. My bank doesn't call me to transfer yeah. funds. That, I think that one's a, a, a pretty easy one. And, you know, when in doubt, that is always the right thing to do. Um, 
you know, I think Steve wrote these questions. He's one of our tutors and he knows that Zelle is a really big source of scams lately, getting people to, Zelle is a legitimate company. I think they're owned by Capital One or something like that. But unfortunately, um, scammers take advantage of Zelle because I think it's like the money is untraceable or something once it's been transferred. So just be aware, have those hackles up. If anybody asks you to transfer using Zelle and you don't know them personally, um, that should be a big red flag to you. Well, also, why would your bank be calling asking assistance in transferring funds if you didn't even initiate a transfer to begin with? So that should raise yeah, a red flag there too. That definitely should. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it could be, you know, they have a really great rationale that it's an overdraft coverage or something like that. But you can always just say, you know what? Thank you. I'm going to call and verify that this is legitimate. They'll probably get really mad at you when you say that because that's what scammers do. Just hang up anyway <laughs> and call your bank. Yep. Okay. Next text and phone scam uh, question. When receiving a text from FedEx that says, click here to get tracking information for a package you didn't order, do you click the link and enter all the information requested? You know, just to check. Do you Google FedEx's phone number and call? Do you wait outside your house for FedEx to arrive? Or do you delete the text and block the number? Um, I've been getting quite a few of these, I have to be honest. And what I've done is I delete the text and block the number. Yep, that is the right thing to do. Um, you know, it's interesting when we first had this quiz, I asked Steve, now why not Google FedEx's phone number and call? Because I would be tempted to do that one. And he said, because you don't know if that number that comes up at the top of Google's search engine is a legitimate FedEx number. Scammers know the way to get their fake numbers and fake sites sometimes up at the top of the, the SEO, the search engines. So Google's trying to do a better job of, of weeding them out, but sometimes they don't. So um, yeah, if you, if you didn't order it, chances are it's not your memory that is failing. This is a scam. And, you know, if you did actually order it, they're probably going to reach out to you again in some other way, shape, or form. So, again, when in doubt, doing nothing is the best course of action. Okay, when receiving a text, ooh, this is a big one. When receiving a text from your niece saying they're in trouble and you need to wire money, do you call your bank and initiate a wire transfer? Do you visit your bank since wire transfers are better done in person? Do, do you create a GoFundMe so that your friends can also help your niece? Or do you delete the text and block the number? I'm going to delete the text and block the number because I don't have a niece. So there is my. <laughs> right. That's, I think that's a no-brainer for you. For those of us who do have a niece, you could always, of course, verify with another person that might know what's going on with that niece. But um, this was a really big scam going around a few years ago. Somebody says, oh, I'm in a foreign country. I can't get home. You need to wire me money. Um, another, another big red flag besides wiring money is I need you to go and get, get some gift cards mm -hmm. and give me the numbers. Because those are two ways that the money is not traceable back to the original person that requested it. And that's what they want. Okay. Very good. Okay. You ready to get into the bonus questions? Yes. Let's okay. Start. We're down to the bonus questions here. So we'll start with the first one, which is of course a social media and messenger bonus question. How would you know if a giveaway was legitimate on Facebook? You know, we see giveaways on Facebook. 
contact the company directly to confirm it, looking for spelling and grammar mistakes, maybe even before you do that. Uh, you look at their uh, profile and they post all their previous giveaways there. That would tell you that it was legitimate. Uh, you go and look at the profile or account and verify that it's a real profile. Or whatever you see on the internet must be true. You know, I'm going to go with number one only because I did see something on Facebook once for Costco and I thought, oh, what a great deal. And I called them to ask them about it. And they said, that's not us. That's yep. not, we didn't post that. Yep. That is absolutely uh, the right thing to do if you're interested in that giveaway before you put your information in there. Because some people think, well, why not? I mean, what have I got to lose? Oh, I don't know your identity, you know? Um, so yeah, Costco is a really big um, source of fake scams. Home Depot. I'm trying to think of what the other ones are that I see all the time. Um, PayPal. Um, anyway, you see those all the time. Oh, fill out this survey. You'll win this. Uh, it's They're almost never legitimate. Uh, but if they are, certainly they're not going to have any spelling or grammar mistakes because a company as big as Costco can hire people that, like me, were English majors. I was a copy editor at one point in time, and uh, they don't miss they don't miss misspellings or things like that. That that is a signifier that someone is uh, in a foreign country and not a native English speaker that is doing this. Okay, next bonus question on internet and email scams: What should you do? If you suspect an email or a pop-up message is a scam, what should you do? Should you send it to your tech tutor, like Digital Helpmates Tech Tutors, to check it for you? Should you visit the website by typing it in yourself to double check? When in doubt, do nothing with it, better to be safe than sorry, or all of the above because that's what Laura tells me to do all the time. Okay, this is this is a tough one because I'm torn between when in doubt, do nothing with it, better to be safe than sorry, or number four, all of the above, because not everybody knows Laura. But I am, I'm going to go with four, all of the above. <laughs> yes, I tell people to do these things all the time, including on our YouTube page. So even if people don't have me as a tech tutor, they can visit our YouTube page uh, and watch our videos on scams. And these are all different things that I tell you to do. Uh, you know, my clients send me emails and texts all the time saying, Laura, is this legitimate? Usually takes me about five seconds to tell them. Uh, it's easier to tell when something is not legitimate. It's a little harder to tell when something is legitimate. Uh, but usually it just takes me, you know, 30 seconds or less. Um, visiting the website by typing it in yourself. Here's a trick that not everybody knows. If you're getting an email about an alert, if PayPal is sending you something over email saying your account's about to be shut down, that alert will also be on your PayPal. So if you go to paypal.com, if that alert is important enough, they're going to have it there as well. Same goes for your bank, same goes for Amazon, same goes for eBay. All of those places are not just going to send it through email. Um, and of course, I've said it a million times during this quiz show, when in doubt, do nothing with it. It is better to do nothing than to do something that you'll regret later. So you are right. Okay, last bonus question, uh, which is a text and phone question. When the IRS calls to tell you that you owe back taxes, do you provide your credit card to make sure everything is paid up? You don't want to owe money to the government. 
Do you provide your checking account number since credit cards charge fees and save you a little money? Do you move to another country so the IRS can't find you? Maybe some people would choose that. Or do you hang up and then sign into your account at irs.gov to check your tax status? For me, I would go with number four, I would hang up. And because the IRS is never gonna call us, they are way too busy. You That's are absolutely point. right. They're never gonna call you. They might send you an email. I've gotten emails once in a while from the IRS about different, not usually big deals like, like back taxes. Usually it's like little things. Um, but definitely, uh, yeah, don't give them your checking account number. Don't give them your credit card, no matter how threatening they sound to you on the phone. Sometimes they'll say they're going to send police to go and arrest you. Uh, none of that is true. It's, it's a scare tactic. Um, so going to irs.gov and seeing if, again, seeing if that same alert is on the website, um, is a good way to go. You know, I actually got an email from irs.gov the other day saying, Sometimes they'll they'll say the opposite. They'll say, "Oh, you're eligible for this money," you know, and and it looked very legitimate. Um, but I actually this just happened this last week. All I had to do was click on the name of the sender and see that it wasn't from anybody at the IRS to immediately discount it. Now, if it was from somebody at the IRS, I still would not have completely believed anything in in the email. I would have gone to irs.gov as a second step. To verify there as well because every once in a while if they're really tricky they can change the 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 send from email to appear to be something different so it's not to say that that is if that matches that you're all good to go that's just one red flag to check for well also with the irs i've noticed that they use the u.s postal service they use mail to send you information and yes, um, do. quite honestly not everybody has an irs.gov account if you no. haven't you know owed taxes or had to, you know, sign yourself up for an account, you would have to create an account to go in to see if they even sent you, tried to email you. Yes, that, that is true. But yeah, you're right. The IRS is going to send you anything that they send you through email that is important enough. They're going to follow up through US mail. If it's really important, they're going to serve you, mm -hmm. you know, with a process server. So they're certainly not going to call you and demand that you pay your back taxes that way or do it over text messages. Well, I'm happy to say, Mary, that you are scam proof. I, I think that you didn't uh, you didn't fail on any one of those. So congratulations. You got them all correct. Wow, that's amazing. You know, you just over the years, as as you hear about all these things that are happening, and I've also had the privilege of attending some seminars through the Secretary of State, um, the Washington Secretary of State on um, these same topics, you know, you just um, you absorb, you learn, you understand, but mm -hmm. we only have a few minutes left on this. I thought it was a blast doing the quiz with you. It was fun, but it was informational at the same time, but, um, we got like maybe two minutes. So I would like to know if you, Laura, if there's anything additional you want to share with our listeners, any type of advice you want to share with them. And are there any popular scams right now that are, um, out there that you're aware of that you wanted to warn them about? You know, there are some popular scams right now, but here's the thing about scams is that these scammers are incredibly creative. They're always going to come up with new ways to scam you, whether it's pretending that they're your bank, you know, and asking you for that um, two-factor authentication, that six-digit code, or it could be an investment scam. 
they pretend, you know, that there's this investment um, that keeps going up and up. And then the minute you stop giving them money, they disappear. I mean, they're, they're all over the board. So I would say in general, the best thing to do to avoid scams is just to learn the ways to detect if it's a scam and to be skeptical and to always verify through a secondary source. And also, I think that a lot of people have a lot of guilt uh, if they have been scammed and they're, they feel ashamed like they were suckers. And I can tell you that it has happened to so, so, so many people that I think that's something, although it's hard to do, that you should let go of that. And really, you should talk about your experiences to other people so that they can learn from you uh, how they cannot be scammed instead of hiding it and feeling ashamed about it. Um, I really hope that more people can do that because they thrive on that kind of, um, you know, silence scammers do. Yeah, that's great advice for all of us. I appreciate that. So Laura, our time is up, but again, I love that you um, created the quiz so that we could do that with everybody today and help educate others. So thank you for educating us on some of the different types of scams taking place out there. And again, it was so fun to help others through this quiz format. You know, I've never done that before. But out there, you listeners, if you have any questions or you need some guidance, just give Laura a shout out, contact her at digitalhelpmates.com. And until next week, take care and thanks for listening and playing along. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mary. Bye, Laura. Thank you. Bye-bye.